Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Marie Claire and the Thinker Girls present. We need to talk about. We need to talk about. We need to talk about. No, seriously, we actually do. Today's topic. I do. One year on. A forward from the editor of Marie Claire, Nikki Brigger. Hi, I'm Nikki Brigger and I'm the editor of Marie Claire. In November, we celebrated a year since Australia said yes to love by making same-sex marriage legal. To mark the one-year anniversary, we spoke to six couples who finally got to say I do in their own country in front of their family and friends. For these couples, their stories about what this law meant to them and how it significantly changed their lives hammered home the importance of equality and acceptance. This was one of my all-time favourite stories ever to run in Marie Claire because it really is a story about true love. Now, enjoy the episode of our podcast series, Over to the Thinker Girls. I'm Jason Ball, one year on reflecting on winning marriage equality. Are we surprised at where we are after marriage equality was passed, Jason Ball? Are we surprised at where we're at after marriage equality was passed? Well, I think we have... We've seen hundreds of weddings um, since marriage equality was passed, and I suppose that's unsurprising but great and... Uh, a, a wonderful thing to see. I think it's a shame that we're still having conversations about so-called ramifications around religious freedom and what that means. Uh, there was a review issued by the government to look into that. They then sat on it for months. It was then leaked during a by-election. So, in a sense, the book hasn't completely closed on this issue. There's still some unanswered questions. But what we do know is there's been hundreds of weddings and uh, I've been to one myself. I've been to a gay wedding since marriage equality was passed and it, it was probably one of the best weddings I've ever been to. It was absolutely joyous and I guess a big sign of relief from the two getting married and a big cheer when people read out the uh, when the uh, celebrant read out the words that no longer included that marriage is between a man and a woman, but rather two people. What would you say to a voter who voted yes, uh, who feels that they did their bit and has walked the other way? What what would you say to that voter of what work needs to be done and what they could do to help? Look, I, I would talk to a yes voter who's maybe feeling disappointed that they haven't gotten on and done the job in the way that we would have hoped is to is to hold on to that that anger and that disappointment and to make it heard at the ballot box. That's the opportunity that we get to send a message to the government and I think it's fair to say that the majority of Australians aren't happy with the way in which the government handled uh, this issue. Uh, a plebiscite was 
not only completely unnecessarily politically, it was also incredibly expensive and wasteful, and it inflicted a whole lot of unnecessary harm on the LGBTIQ community to be subjected to a constant barrage of fallacious arguments against their own human dignity. And so, uh, you know, I I don't think we should be forgiving of that. Um, And and come the next election, I think that where we're seeing a, an appetite for change sweeping uh, uh, across the country and indeed the world when you look at uh, everyday people sort of who are tired of the lack of leadership and politicians putting their own self-interest above the national interest, actually getting out and volunteering in their first ever election campaign or even running as candidates as we saw with Karen Phelps in the Wentworth by-election. So good. Has marriage equality a year on, has it changed the way you personally think about marriage? Yeah, look, I think uh, when that moment happened and and through the past year, it was a moment that when I was a 12-year-old kid struggling to come to terms with my sexuality that I could never have imagined. Like I had grown up being told by by my government that I would never be allowed to get married, that I wouldn't be able to have a wedding or a honeymoon or parents-in-law or any of these things. And that that simple piece of legislation crushed me. It made me feel that there was fundamentally something wrong with who I was. And, And this has meant that everything changes. Like this will send a powerful message to every young LGBTIQ person and generations into the future that they are equal and that they are enough. And so for me, you know, it, it fills me with so much hope and uh, f- for how future generations uh, will, will be brought into this world feeling equal. And in terms of its impact on my views on marriage, um, you know, I, I just the fact that it's an option for me now, uh, it, 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 it really has, uh, you know, Given, given me a way to kind of, I don't know, it's just, it's just a really amazing feeling. What do you think is the taste in people's mouths currently of people that have lived through being told you won't get married and now have the option like you just said um, and, and are living in a place where they potentially never thought they would and now are unsure whether they will change ideas that they felt very, I suppose, cemented in for a very long period of time. Have you got any kind of, um, I suppose, comments of people in your life that are struggling with the change and, and finding it hard to then kind of correlate to who they are and now what's available to them? Look, I guess in the one sense, some some people in the LGBTIQ community might have resigned to the fact that they weren't going to be able to get married. But I think I think deep down, for everyone, even older generations of LGBTIQ Australians, there there was always a sense of hope that we would get to this place. And I think the adjustment has probably hasn't been as as hard as as some people might have. Uh, might, might be imagining. I think that the adjustment to being equal um, is far easier than the other way around. And I think if anything, what people might be struggling with is the after effects of just how unnecessarily divisive and long and hard the fight was. And there were some people who didn't make it through that process because it was so brutal. Um, 
And so, you know, in their honor, we, we have to celebrate what we have now, celebrate equality and, and celebrate love. Um, but uh, if anything, we need to take uh, caution with, with how we approach these battles for equality into the future and make sure that collateral damage uh, is limited. Here's Luke and Craig, who said I do this year. It all came about in quite a weird way, I guess. So I had never been someone who really like thought that I needed to get married, needed that piece of paper for like to prove my love for anyone. It wasn't until I met Craig that I could actually see myself getting married to someone. Um, and it wasn't until Craig proposed to me that I guess we had any intention on getting married. Um, but I knew that Craig wanted to propose because earlier in the relationship, I basically blatantly came out and was like, so do you want to propose or do you want me to propose? Um, just because I wanted, I didn't, I wanted the clarification. I wanted to know if he wanted it or he wanted me to do it. And so we went to a, a little spot we had in Byron Bay um, and he proposed on the rocks there and he filmed it and there's video footage of it. He's posted it on a YouTube video, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and after that, we didn't really have any plans and we hadn't made a date or picked a date or anything. We were just engaged um, because we were both still competing as athletes and we were getting into the season and we just had bigger priorities other than getting married. There was no big rush for us. Um, and then one night we were at the Sean Mendez concert together and I got a message from a friend that I hadn't heard from in um, like over a year that I used to work with. And she texted me out of the blue and was like, hey, do you and um, Craig have any wedding plans? And I was like, oh, no, like we're in season, so we haven't really even thought about it. Um, but that's a bit of a strange question. Like, how are you? Like, what made you ask that? Um, and she said, oh, my friend is a wedding planner or an event planner, um, and she wants to help throw the first same-sex wedding in Australia. Um, do, you want, like, do you want me to put your name forward? So I said yes, and Craig and I were like, okay, it sounds a little bit too good to be true. Um, and so for the next few days, um, I was just in talks with this girl she sent me a few questions and I answered them she took them back to the vendors um and then yeah we went down to the Gold Coast and met her and the 2B celebrant and from there we had a month from that day until the day we got married for us our wedding was special because it was um obviously our wedding but I think for everyone who went and also for I guess Australia the fact that we were able to get married was pretty special and all the vendors knew that and the wedding planner knew that and the celebrant knew that. And so that's what made it such a like um, special sort of moment in time because it was 12 past, uh, sorry, it was like a few minutes past midnight. We had to wait until midnight to actually have our formal part of our wedding take place. Um, and we even had to wait before midnight. So, our ceremony started at 11.30 and our celebrant sort of maybe with jitters or nerves rushed, rushed through it and we were waiting for like five or ten minutes before midnight just to make sure we could do it legally. Yeah, so she, she said everything that she could say legally before midnight and then had about 15 minutes after that to spare um, and she was like, oh, it's, I'm a little bit embarrassed but I can't say the rest of this for another 15 minutes so, because for another 15 minutes this still isn't legal. And I think that was a huge moment for not only us but also everyone in the room mm. thinking like we can't go on with our wedding because right now in the day that we live in, it's not legal for us to get married. Like what we're doing isn't legal. 
But we can uh, do it tomorrow, so let's do it then. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, but in 15 minutes, totally legal. And it's just, it's, it was in that moment that I think everyone kind of had that realization that, wow, like this is, it is crazy that we live in this day and age where this, we have to wait to be able to do this. It was nice because um, everyone that we hadn't really gotten a chance to see at the wedding or speak to at the wedding, like came up and gave us a hug and came us congratulations. And mm. yeah, it was a nice moment, but it was like very, like that was a big moment at the wedding. I don't think either of us, like neither of us were super attached to, attached to the, like an idea, a particular idea of how a wedding would go. Um, one of the biggest reasons that we hadn't planned anything was that we just, we found it really hard to, we like, we're saving for a house and we're saving for all these different things that we want to do and holidays that we were like a wedding just seems like this big, elaborate, expensive thing that we just don't really need right now. Um, and so when she like kept on, she wanted us to be really involved in it. And she was like, so these are the vendors that we have and these are the options that we have. Um, and I think that it might've been like a little bit intimidating for her because we kept like our responses were just like, okay, well you do this as a job. So we trust you and we don't really have any specific yeah, things that we need or want. We're pretty easygoing um, guys. So like we, we kind of knew what we wanted, but we weren't too fast on it either. And we only had 30 days as well. So, and they were giving us all this free stuff. So we didn't want to be particularly picky or pedantic and we're happy with what we got. Like we had an amazing. Yeah. We like, we had big says in, like they made us choose the songs that we wanted to play um, for each section of the wedding and the order in which like the ceremony worked with us walking down the aisles and something that I really, really wanted and needed was my mum to walk me down the aisle because she's been such a huge, crazy hero and influence in my life. Um, so they made that happen. And yeah, so they were really like, they wanted us to be heavily involved, but they just found us to be really like, well, yeah, whatever is good. You guys pick, it's fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the night was incredible. Um, so we had a reverse wedding because we had to do the ceremony at midnight. We didn't want to have a midnight ceremony and then a wedding that went into the early hours of the morning. So we kind of reversed it so that everyone arrived at around eight o'clock um, and had like a garden party. It was very open plan. It was at the barn um, at Summer Grove Estate in the Tweed Hinterlands, which is a beautiful, beautiful venue. And the barn was brand new and they decked it out. Um, so we had the bar there and then the garden outside the barn was just food vans and um, like a photo booth and a combi van. And it was very relaxed. Like there was no seating plan outside. Everyone kind of just mingled and had a drink and had a party and was there to celebrate. Um, and then they would, they did that for about half an hour. Everyone was there. And at eight 30, we came out, um, and kind of did the arrival to our wedding. Um, and we had a garden party outfit and then we went and got changed into our like suits for the actual ceremony. So it was still kind of a surprise for everyone seeing us at the ceremony for the first time when we walked in. Um, but yeah, I actually really liked the, the set out of our wedding. Um, we had a seating planned for the ceremony and everyone had an individual little card because like, I think that at a wedding, such a big thing is that it goes so quickly. Like when you're getting married, the wedding go, like I felt like the wedding lasted for an hour. I had no time. Um, and I only got to have proper conversations with a very few amount of people. Like we, we didn't have a particularly big wedding either. There was no. only 55 people. Um, but you don't get to speak to everyone. So when they came into the ceremony, they found their seats and on their seats was a little um, like personalized card about why they were important and what they like, what impact they'd had on our lives. Um, which I thought was really special. And everyone seemed to really like that as well. That's beautiful. And it's also nice for you to, I think everybody's got those memories where they're like, of you, 
So then you're connecting back with them because it's often you're like off over there as these like celebrities at your wedding, you know, and everyone, it's this disconnect, you know what I mean? Like it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre day. So if you both were to individually say a moment, I don't know where that, it felt like an hour, but there was a moment where time stopped and you really took it in, like that, that was really the kind of high, not highlight, but there was a moment where you went, whoa, this is a pretty incredible day or a pretty incredible night. What was it for each of you? Um, for me, I had two because I think they're, they're kind of different. The first was when we're getting our, um, our photos taken with our um, proper um, photographers on the day and the photo shoot, like the, the, the photos that we had took place before even the reception at 8 o'clock. So it was sort of around sunset, like 6 p.m. And we were with our photographers and they were taking us to different parts of the venue to get photos done. And then that took about an hour. But by the end of the hour, we had like 10 different news crews beside our photographers taking photos and filming as well. And it was like Luke and I were just standing like like hugging each other and, and fake kissing for the camera sort of thing. And we didn't fake kiss. We actually well, yeah, we were like, <laughs> keep kissing, keep kissing. <laughs> and yeah, like we just, on one side of us was this beautiful view and on the other side of us was like these news crews and photographers. And it was just like, wow, this is a big deal um, for us, for, for Luke and me, but just like for, for the country and what it means as well. Um, so that was one moment. And the second moment was at the, um, like I guess the altar, like at the, the front of all our friends and family and holding Luke's hands and looking to his eyes and just that moment where you're saying, I do. I, I think that's just one of those moments that has just burned into your brain. You can't forget it. So that was, that was my two. Um, I think I, I think I just had all, I had two in the way that that time just before midnight where everything kind of went to a halt and we got to say like, hello to everyone and everyone came up and gave us a hug. That was like a big moment for me to be like, wow, this is like, this is crazy. This is happening. And I think it was easy to stop because everything had stopped. Mm. Um, and the other moment was probably when Sarah May um, Alexander was our celebrant and beforehand, before the wedding, she gave us like a quiz to do. So she put together um, <laughs> the, the presentation, I guess, of it as a surprise for us. So it was like a little bit of a story of like how we met wow. and the journey of like how we came to be who we are. Um, and in one part, she uh, was telling us the answer to one of the questions that I had answered um, and in which I said, like playing with our big boy toys. And I met like jet skis <laughs> and our boat and our it's house, so like cool, our one day like, dream things. But the way she said boy toys, and then she kind of had a giggle and then the entire place erupted with laughter. And even Craig and I were like, Oh, oh my God. gosh, like, what just happened? Like, I don't remember anything about this, but yeah, it was just so, it was like a time that another time that the ceremony kind of stopped and everyone had a laugh and I was like, wow, like this is incredible. Like sharing this moment with not only Craig, but everyone that I hold close to my heart. That's so lovely. How, how has getting married changed you guys as people or your relationship or or has it at all one year on um from such a an amazing date I don't know do you get reflective thinking about um what the last year or so has been whereby anybody um of any gender can can have the exact same rights as as a heterosexual couple 
We get asked all the time, like, how's married life? And I think that's just the, the normal question you ask people who, who get married, um, which is cool and it's great. But for us, and I speak for myself, like, it's just, it's just no, no different to our relationship before we got married. Like, um, the love we have for each other doesn't change. How we live doesn't change. Um. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Which, is, which has been great. I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me that's, that's changed, and I only sort of figured this out, I think in the last month or two, is that um, I can now, like when I'm talking to someone, like say I met you on the street or something and we started chatting and, and I'd say, oh, yeah, my, my partner Luke or my boyfriend Luke, like it, it, it's, it's a bit tricky sometimes to say boyfriend because like it's not, doesn't accurately describe the relationship Luke and I have, like where we're married. Um, so you don't want to say boyfriend and then it's a bit tricky saying partner because like it's just not super clear. Um, so now I, I can say, oh, yeah, my husband Luke. And just that one word saying husband, um, it enables like someone to know that, yeah, like we're married, our, our relationship's legit, like we, we're totally into each other. Um, but also at the same time, I'm saying husband, so I've got a bloke as my, my partner. Um, and it's just nice to be able to just have that one word where I can say my husband and people get it straight away. And I think I didn't have that, you know, 10 months ago. Um, and it's a small thing, but um, it, it really makes a big difference. Welcome back, Christine. Thank you very much for having me. It's a year on since the plebiscite, since I think a lot of people uh, have relief but have kind of disgruntled memories about, but then also um, there is some happiness contained in there. Would, is, would, would that be safe to say? Absolutely. I think there's been uh, a great deal of sharing the love since the, uh, since the plebiscite and the subsequent uh, change of the law. I mean, people still do look back on it, at, at, you know, as being a really tough time, a difficult process, um, and, and one that, that a lot of, particularly young people, I think, and also people my age and, and older, uh, struggled to get through and felt very marginalised and and excluded and vilified through the whole process. So it really, it was tough and it and it's taken some time for some of the people that I know anyway to, you know, get over that and get their heads around, you know, why it had to happen and the fact that 
certainly in my view anyway, it was it turned out to be the best way to make this change. Um, I really have a, you know, you've seen what's been going on in Canberra for the last three or four months. <laughs> um, the, the body politic is getting pulled left, right, you know, upwards, downwards, all over the shop. Uh, and it's my firm view that if we hadn't, actually gone through that hideous process of, of putting a vote to the people, okay, uh, the reform would have happened or it would have been voted on by the, par- by the parliament, by politicians. And to be honest, with what's going on with the disunity, the disharmony, the sort of political polarising between the left and the right that's gone going on and, and has gone on, I reckon we would still be arguing about it now. If um, we didn't have the plebiscite. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the plebiscite, when the people spoke, no, no politician can overturn that. Uh, it was absolutely incontrovertible. Uh, it put, put that question to rest forever. But if the politicians had done it, if they'd had a vote in parliament, they could have nitpicked over the legislation. They would have got, you know, taken it back to Senate committees and, you know, and other committees delayed it, uh, you know, procrastinated, fought over the wording and, you know, we, we still could have been arguing about it now. And, you know, as, as it turned out, even though it was a, a horrible process and it was really hard for, really tough for a lot of people, it was the best way to do it because it was done. It's mm-hmm. done and dusted and mm-hmm. nobody can take it back now. The, the law will never change back in Australia because the people, sh- you know, they, they, their voice was heard loud and clear. Do you have a really interesting take in that you can speak from a political standpoint but then also from a personal perspective too because after um, marriage equality was passed in Australia, you married, married your partner. Is it 13 years you guys have been together? No, it's not quite that long, although in lesbian years it's about 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I generally, the rule that I apply is there's three lesbian years to every straight year. But um, so, yeah, it's about 35. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you imagine living with your best girlfriend, you know? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fight over everything, but um, yeah, no. So it 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 had obviously a particular significance for Virginia and I because we were planning to get married when the plebiscite. Well, before that, we were the plebiscite uh, was announced. We were we, we'd kind of got fed up with waiting and we're planning to get married anyway, and. Then, uh, because we'd set the date and then everything started happening on the plebiscite and then it actually all, uh, you know, the legislation went through quite quickly on the 7th of December. So we were able to go right ahead and, and, uh, you know, continue with our plans to get married on the 2nd of February, which we did. Uh, so that was a, a fantastic thing. And, and it meant because we, we were in pre-planning when all this happened that, uh, we were one of the sort of very earliest marriages that occurred. Uh, and certainly the earliest amongst our friends. Um, and in fact, only, there's only been one other of our, and we have a large circle of friends, um, mostly gay. Uh, but there's only been one other couple who've got married since, since we have. So, um, you know, I think people are slowly getting there. Actually, two. I take it back. We went to a wedding a couple of weeks ago. So two, two of our friends. Um, but people are slowly getting their heads around the fact that this is a reality now and that they can plan their, you know, their big day and get on with it. And, but of course, you know, it, like any wedding, it, 
sometimes they can be months in the oh, in the organisation. Yeah, it doesn't and matter if you're gay yeah, or straight. <laughs> that's the same deal. Yeah. Um, they take a long time to put together. They're hellishly expensive, and then of course you got to you know it's like it's like sort of Christmas on steroids. You got to deal with all the family issues and all the everything that gets thrown up by those things. Um, but people are doing it, and that's fantastic. I think it's five thousand uh, marriages have taken place since since the law changed. So that's you know ten thousand people who, in Australia who hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, a little bit or you know, hopefully a lot happier than they were this time last year. Tell us about your day, and did you feel that there was more pressure on the kind of event you were going to do because? Not only were you one of the first in the country, essentially, to get married because you, well, timing, I think, is everything. So it was quite interesting and, and no coincidence that, that that timing lined up for you in my belief system. But tell us about the day and whether you felt more pressure to do a certain kind of event because you were a lesbian couple that had just been given essentially permission to get married. How, what was the process like for you? No, I mean, it, it, we were always just going to do a cocktail party on a Friday afternoon, four to eight, and then have an after party at Stonewall, and that's what we did. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> and, and, it, and it really went off. And then, and, you know, actually after the after party, Virginia and I uh, got a whole bunch of friends of ours into Palms across the road, and then we slunk off home and sat on the couch and drank a bottle of champagne, took our clothes off because we'd been so – well, Virginia particularly was thrust in like a drag queen, you know, um, into this into this bodice and corset kind of affair, which um, she looked fabulous, but, boy, there was a lot of infrastructure in there keeping it all together. There was superstructure and infrastructure, but, uh, um, yeah, it was – so it was a great day, and it was – actually, we didn't feel, feel pressured to do do anything other than what we were always going to do. Uh, there was a little bit of associated pressure because, you know, uh, at the end of last year, I kind of, I kind of got caught into <laughs> agreeing to. I shouldn't say that because, uh, you know, it, the, the end result was, I think, a good, a good thing. Uh, but into filming a, an episode of Australian Story, and that that ended up being, you know, way and above beyond what I ever conceived it would be when I was asked to do it. Um, you know, I sort of thought it'd be a bit like this. I'd just sit down for half an hour, have a chat, and then that that would be it. But it ended up being, you know, weeks and weeks of filming and, and you know, they were very keen to, you know, get every little second on tape and and including, you know. Your brother. Uh, yeah, and aspects of the wedding and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that, that got a bit stressful towards the end. And, you know, Virginia, Virginia in one of her sort of um, – more sort of um, stressed moments, kind of turned around and said to the to the producers, "Is a lovely girl and did a great job." Um, not don't want to you know cast any aspersions on her, but Virginia said to them, "Look, guys, you know you're going to film a hundred Australian stories, but I've only got one wedding, so you know don't stuff this up." Um, so it was, but it, it worked out well, and I think at the end of the day, it was a, it was a good program. Certainly, the feedback that that I've had has been positive, and. They didn't intrude on the day at all in, in reality, which was good. <clears throat> but, you know, it was a bit, it, as always happens in the lead up to a wedding, everybody gets a bit sort of fractious and on edge. And certainly we were no different. And back to Jason Ball. How do you think, uh, I've, I heard, a, I overheard a conversation the other day with a gay couple telling a person um, that voted 
and as you've pointed out, it's so awful that there's this discussion at all because now it feels like people had a say. Um, but putting that to aside just for the sake of this discussion, um, saying that I didn't want to get I didn't want to get married ever as a person and I now have the option but that hasn't changed what I want. What would you say is important for us to take away from this as a symbol and be, and making sure we understand that marriage equality is a symbol of a greater equality, that it doesn't necessarily mean that now everybody wants to get married, that it was such a bigger conversation? Yeah, look, the assumptions in that question I think are absolutely true in that there were probably a lot of people out there who fought to the, for the right to get married who never had the intentions of actually getting married themselves and may very well still not have that wish. But that doesn't in any way diminish the fact that it, it was the right fight to have. Uh, I think it is so much more uh, powerful to be able to say no to the institution of marriage if, if, if it's something that you're personally opposed to, if you actually have the right to do it in the first place. And so, I think both, it's, it's sort of, it ticks boxes in both camps, both for those who really wanted to get married. Well, great. Now they can get married. For those people who think that the institution of marriage is outdated and it's not for them. Well, it's even more of a powerful symbol for them to reject it, uh, because they can actually have it if they want to. And, and I know it was an argument that even a lot of people who are conservatives fought for marriage equality because, you know, marriage is a conservative institution, if you will. And, in a lot of ways, by opening it up and making it more inclusive, it, it's actually strengthening the institution of marriage as opposed to diminishing it. It's making marriage more relevant in, in today's day and age. Marriage is a social construct, something that was you mm. know, created by humanity and it has evolved significantly over time and it should and can keep evolving. And it has moved away from, uh, I guess, what was once a very patriarchal uh transaction of ownership to one that is about love and mm. and I think that's a that's a good thing for those people who might find the institution of marriage archaic or old-fashioned uh, I, I really think you know this was a positive step on all fronts because for those people I don't think we can move forward and have a conversation about whether or not marriage is the right kind of institution for humanity and relationships moving forward until we're all on an equal playing field. And so we can all make that move together. Uh, as long as LGBTIQ people were excluded from that institution, it was really hard for us to be involved one way or another because it didn't really, it, it we had no say in it uh, anyway. And so, you know, I, I, I'm someone who personally could, could see myself getting married. I'm the kind of person who, um, likes my relationships to be monogamous and, and, you know, at some point in the future, I, I can definitely uh, see that for myself, but I'm all power to those people who want to do things differently, all power to people who want to be in open relationships, all power to people who don't see marriage as a necessary thing that they need to do. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that now we're all on an equal playing field and we can have those conversations together as opposed to being divided. The other thing is that, like, I guess, you know, the, the battle for equality for the LGBTIQ community is is not over after marriage equality. Uh, that's that's also another important point. And, and it really flared up when we see there are exemptions in anti-discrimination law with religious schools having the right still to expel students because of their sexuality or fire teachers because of their sexuality. Like the fight for equality is not over even though the fight for marriage equality has been won. 
this might be a little bit uh, cheeky, but do you, looking at the way that you approach your wedding, and I certainly wanted to have a new approach to the way I got married being a straight couple, we eloped, but is there things that you think the straight community can learn from the way you guys are choosing to do it, which seems very much like this is the way we want to get married, the end? Is there, is there things that you think that the straight community will end up learning from the way that you guys go about your weddings? Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, the wedding we went to a couple of weeks ago was fabulous, actually. Um, this is two guys, and basically they had a wedding at a harborside park. Um, there was... Oh, I guess 150 people. Uh, we sort of gathered in the next to the harbour. One of the grooms gave a really short sort of maybe th- three or four minute sort of nice, really nice speech. They basically exchanged vows and said, "Right, we're all off to the pub." That was it. That was the that was the entire formalities, and it was such a great event. Uh, you know, every it worked really well. Everybody was really relaxed. There was no sort of waiting around for speeches and and all that kind of stuff. It was just this is what it's all about. It's all about the ceremony, uh, and you know, us committing to each other, and then all of you guys having a good time. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I think that that's a pretty good formula for a wedding. I mean, we had a few more formalities than that. Not not a lot. We had, we had speeches. And we had Bob down singing, um, so we had so we had <laughs> the formalities. <laughs> it's a real tradition, traditional, traditional kind of round that one. Bob down at every wedding. <laughs> well, we had Greg Gould sang us in. Uh, he sang "God Only Knows," which was lovely. Um, did did a unique Greg Gould take on 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 what I think is probably the greatest song ever written. And then we had sort of you know the the ceremony itself. Um, and we had some speeches from one of Virginia's girlfriends and two of a couple of my girlfriends. And then we had Bob who sung us all into party mode. And, uh, you know, that was, and then we just partied on. So, and then we went to Stonewall afterwards. And that's where I sang with Gainer Tension. So, um, Gainer and I did a couple of numbers and Gainer did her sort of, you know, Shirley Bassey, Judy Garland kind of show upstairs at Stonewall. So that, that went off too. It was great. I reckon what I loved most about this app was that there were different takes from different people, mm. you know, that it wasn't just this, yay, let's throw confetti in the air. It's a year on, it's a celebration. And whilst, yes, there is that that um, part of us as a society and a culture and a, and a nation and a people that, that recognise that there's a lot to celebrate, there is a lot of good, um, we also kind of haven't come out the other side without any battle scars too. Yeah, the interesting part was for me to watch Jason Ball's response to essentially making it clear that uh, the, the fight isn't over and there's a lot of work to be done. The plebiscite did a lot of damage, whereas Christine's response to the plebiscite was as much as it was damaging, it was something she felt was able to... Uh, I suppose cement that decision, and and they were very contrasting mm, views. Mm. But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, who doesn't love hearing a story about people falling in love, whether they're straight or gay? Mm. And I think it's just nice that we finished off the show and we were able to finish off the year, having been able to look back and seen so many people celebrate love that they have been living, breathing and celebrating in their own way every day, but officially in front of their loved ones. No shit. Also, bring on the weddings. Who doesn't froth a wedding? Interestingly enough, though, half of my gays don't want to get married. 
Yeah, but if they wanted to, they've got the option. I know, but they're also right. like, I don't know what this actual <laughs> idea is now that we've got it. So that's an interesting conversation, maybe for another day. <laughs> this has been a co-production between The Thinker Girls and Marie Claire. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.